Hey everybody, we're here live. I'm with my with my good host, Jeff Barrett. What's going on, my friend? I'm just happy to be here. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So Jeff, we're we've got some pretty cool stuff going on today. We've got Dave Kirpin. Uh, for all those who who don't know Dave for some reason, uh, New York Times bestselling author of four books. Um, you know, most recent was called The Art of People. Eleven simple people skills that will get you everything you want. Uh, he's also the co-founder and chairman of Likeable Media. Uh, it's a multimedia content marketing firm. Helps the world's greatest brands market better online and and Likeable Local, a social media software firm for small businesses and franchise companies. Dave's a, a big time global keynote speaker. He is the world's top LinkedIn influencer. Uh, has more page views than Barack Obama, Bill Gates, and even Mark Cuban, who you'll see up here on our show coming up shortly. Uh, so we're super Boom excited, Dave. Yeah, Eric Boom goes to dynamite. Dave, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. We're excited to have you here. So we've been talking over the over the past couple of weeks, Dave, with with some pretty powerful uh, thought leaders, industry leaders about about the idea and the need for really good experiences in business. Uh, you've spent a lot of time on the road keynoting, consulting companies, uh, writing books, and, and I think you bring some interesting perspective. We would love right out of the gate to just talk to you about, give us your, your elevator pitch about the need for good experiences in, in any kind, size, or anything kind of business. Well, experience is everything. I mean, experience is what people will remember. Um, it's funny because I, I go back and forth with my wife um, on, on this topic on a personal note because we've been very fortunate to uh, you know, be successful enough to be able to afford a lot of really cool things. Um, but I, I, I would much rather spend uh, our money on amazing experiences than on stuff. You know, I, I don't drive uh, a fancy car. Uh, I, we, you know, I don't uh, wear fancy clothes except my orange shoes. And um, you know, in in many regards, I I really don't don't spend time or money on things. But on experiences, you know, I'll go all out because my kids and I will remember that forever. And it's the same thing in the business context. When we when you have a good experience with a company, that's something you that that you tell all your friends about. Um, and, and consequently, when you have a bad experience, that's also something you tell all your friends about. And of course, with social media being what it is, the, the concept of telling your friends has, has changed quite a bit. One of my favorite quotes is from uh, Seth Godin, who writes, how dare you settle for less when the world has made it so easy to be remarkable? And the thing is, it's actually not that hard to create a great experience. And yet, very, very few companies are as focused as they could be on doing just that. Yeah, and speaking of you know experience and um, you know you and Carrie, what um, tell us a little bit about your wedding for people who didn't know? Sure. So that was actually my introduction to uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, Carrie and I both had uh, a sales and marketing background. And, but we didn't have enough money to afford the wedding that we wanted. Um, I wanted to be able to get married and invite you know, pretty much everyone I knew. I'm kind of a larger-than-life guy, I guess you could say. And uh, we couldn't afford it. So we did have an idea. And we ended up calling up a minor league baseball team and uh, partnering with them on a baseball stadium uh, wedding. 
and, uh, and wedding themed promotion. So we bought out the inventory for the game and the sponsorship inventory and we created a promotion called Our Field of Dreams. And we ended up getting married at the end of a baseball game in front of 5,000 uh, fans as well as 500 friends and family. And we were able to sell about $100,000 worth of sponsorships as well. So we created uh, a pretty amazing experience, I would say, for, um, for our vendor, for our wedding vendors, you know, our sponsors, for our friends and family and for 5,000 people in that stadium. And uh, the event was awesome because I got married to the love of my life in front of everyone I knew. But it ended up being a very, very successful marketing uh, event as well. Generated about $30 million worth of earned media for uh, some of our sponsors. 1-800-Flowers.com sponsored our flowers. And to date, they, they, they say it's the, the top ROI in a PR uh, promotion they've ever done. Smirnoff sponsored our alcohol. David's Bridal sponsored our bridesmaids gowns and wedding dress and so on and so forth. So the event was so was so great for our wedding vendors. They actually came back to us afterwards and said, this was awesome. What are you guys doing next? And well, we couldn't get married again. So we started our first company instead. That's awesome. What a story, Dave. Talk, talk to me. So so since the wedding, I mean, this was kind of the the kickoff to entrepreneurship for you and your you and your wife. Uh, where has it gone from there? Talk to us about the the history of of Dave and Carrie. Sure. So, you know, we started off in the sort of pure offline experience, experiential marketing space. So our first nine months in business, we were actually doing other baseball stadium events. We were doing mall events. We were doing guerrilla marketing, grand opening events. And then this um, this little social network opened up beyond uh, college students. And uh, one of my first interns said to me, you know, Dave, you should check out this Facebook thing. I think uh, I think you'd like it. So I remember I said to her, "Ah, just sign me up. I'll check it out later." And she signed me up. I was one of the first, you know, non-students on the platform. And I realized pretty quickly that this was a much better way to do word of mouth and experiential marketing than baseball stadium events. It was just much, much more cost-effective and efficient, especially you know for national brands. And so we were fortunately one of the very first companies to help uh, brands in social media. We built the Verizon Facebook page, built the 1-800-Flowers.com Facebook page. And um, since then, we've uh, expanded, uh, of course. So now we work with lots of major brands on social media marketing and content marketing and creating great uh, uh, online experiences uh, on, on social networks for uh, brands and their customers. And then we also branched out and built a software company to help small businesses and franchisees uh, do the same thing on a much, much smaller budget. So Dave, taking a little bit of a different course, like influencers can't be Vine stars or sell things on Instagram forever. Um, but you know, you've had a career for a long time here in social media and, it, and have constantly adapted and, and done different things. Like, talk a little bit about how your experience has adapted over time. Yeah, well, so I would say the first major change was, of course, going from uh, on uh, offline to online and, and, and going from word of mouth uh, in, at events to social media. And uh, the the... And then social media got more and more visual and more and more video focused. So I, I, you know, we have 
we have changed with that. Um, and actually, you mentioned influencers. Um, my latest passion and, and the, the new company that I'm actually incubating is around uh, executive influencer uh, training and coaching. So, so I, I, I do see in the market right now this uh, huge growing field of influencer marketing whereby brands and companies are paying uh, influencers or offering free products or stuff to influencers to talk about them. And that's working pretty well for a lot of companies, but there's, there's a couple of major downsides to that. It's a, it's a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. And those influencers are going to move on to the next uh, company that's giving them stuff. Um, so, so my vision is instead of companies paying influencers, why not help build influencers from within the company, from the CEO all the way down to ground level employees? So that's the work that I'm actually most excited about and, and, and passionate about right now. I'm, I'm, I'm working with a number of companies and it's growing quickly in helping sort of take everything that I've learned about influence and building up my own uh, uh, brand, personal brand and, and, and helping others do the same thing. No, that's really interesting. And, you know, I talk a little bit in, in recent articles about the gig economy and do you, do you see a possibility where as there becomes better influencers created in these companies um, internally that maybe the use and need of consultants goes down or is that kind of just there are two unrelated items? Well, you know, uh, it's hard to say. You know, I, we thought the same thing about social media as brands took social media internal. And uh, so there were many that said, you know, social media agencies are going to go away, but we haven't seen that at all. You know, we've been very fortunate to grow even with that. So I think I think there's always going to be companies that uh, hire consultants and there's always going to be companies that, you know, do it, do it on their own. And so I I don't know that there's necessarily uh, a correlation there. Talk to me, Dave, as we've talked quite a bit about experiences already. Anything stand out in your mind as really good experiences that you've had with businesses and, and even some that maybe haven't been so good? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I can start with the not so good because those are, those are of course easy and, and, and top of mind. Um, you know, I've had like probably everyone listening, I've had some negative experiences in the airline industry and I've had some negative experiences in the tel- telecom and cable TV uh, uh, industry. And, it's just Those so never go wrong, Dave. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. It's just so frustrating because per per my uh, per my uh, point earlier, it, it's just not that hard to be remarkable. It's not that hard to empathize. You know, um, what a couple of my books talk about is the power of 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 empathy and and mirroring and validation and how it's so powerful when somebody has a negative experience to simply say. Uh, that must be so hard for you. And yet like, nobody does it. Like it's shocking to me how few customer service uh, companies, companies get that, that very, very basic point. Um, I'm dealing right now with a, a smaller company that's a subscription company that you know, we signed up for to get, to get well, I'll just say it, slime. My, my 10-year-old daughter is super into slime. So we signed up for this monthly subscription that sell, that's actually sends you slime, which I know sounds kind of crazy, but 
she was really into it. And then the slime didn't arrive for like three weeks. And so I've been going back and forth with customer service. I will say to their credit that they are trying to create as positive experience for me as they can, given the fact that I ordered something and it hasn't arrived and it's weeks late. But uh, but it's, it's frustrating. And, you know, you try to be patient. I have tried to be really patient and kind and and um, uh, em, 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 you know, full of empathy myself, given what I know about business. But there there does come a point where, you know, you start to lose it. And my last email just yesterday said, you know, look, I've been really patient here, but I have to tell you guys, you know, I have a lot of followers and, and I'm, I'm like very close to like telling everyone I know about this because this is really frustrating. You know, I've got, I've got a I've got a disappointed kid and there's nothing worse than a disappointed kid. Now, on the other hand, you know, when you have a great experience uh, in, in those industries or any industries, it, it, it's really, really powerful. Um, and I've certainly had lots and lots of great experiences uh, with with doctors, with uh, hotels. Um, I, I'll tell you about one one that I absolutely love. Uh, Hotel Tonight is one of my favorite apps, and they have their their uh, uh, user experience in their app is so awesome. Um, they now have this this concierge uh, experience where uh, I can chat. I can log into my app and chat with a concierge. Mm-hmm. will basically get me anything I want, you know, re- restaurant reservations or uh, an extra bed in the room or champagne and strawberries in the room, wh- whatever I want. And think about how hard it is to like call up a hotel and wait on hold and all that stuff. And now they've, they've, they've moved forward with the times where so many hotels haven't. And they've got this super easy, clean, beautiful uh, in-app experience. And that, that's the kind of thing that like makes a big, big difference. Well, and you can do it before you even get there. So a lot of times when we roll into Chicago, we'll use Hotel Tonight, and then we've got everything figured out for the entire day, and we didn't have to plan anything. Exactly. No, it's, 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 it's totally awesome. Dave, interested, I, I love that quote that you shared from Seth Godin, that basically that it's not, it's not very hard to be remarkable. I, I would love to get your thoughts and feelings for, for anybody that's listening in where do people start as we're talking so much about experiences and how do I create an experience driven business? Where should companies start with that process? Sure. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll do sort of a, a, um, a little bit of a cocky thing and I'll quote myself on this one, right? One of my, one of my more popular quotes from my first book, likable social media is take off your marketing cap and put on your consumer cap. And I think that if that's the perfect place to start, right? It's like, it's like for a moment, stop thinking like a marketer and think about it from your own consumers, your own customers perspective. How would I feel if I got this experience? How would I feel if I got this email? How would I feel if I got, if I, if I went through this app, how would I feel if I, if I, if I ran into this on the website? And, and just really put yourself in their shoes and walk in their shoes. And that, just doing that, that empathy will give you the perspective to help create a better version of whatever it is that you're working on, experience-wise. That's awesome. Jeff, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Dave, you know, where do you see 
this space evolving. So, uh, you know, like Mark and I are going to be at advertising week. We're starting to talk about experiences. Um, what do you think, and this is always hard to project, but what do you think the, the buzzword, the term, the really concentration of everybody's efforts will be in the next year? What's the next thing? Well, I, of course, it is hard to predict, but I mean, as a, as a short-lived, uh, addicted uh, Pokemon Go player from a year <laughs> ago, right? I, I, can speak, I can speak from my own experience and say that um, AR and VR are going to get better and more, uh, more useful and more integrated into uh, customer experiences. So I certainly think uh the, you know sort of to to give you the buzzwords of the of the 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 re the near to relatively near future i would say vr and ar and i guess i would throw in one more acronym for fun i would i would i would talk about ai because you know alexa is very valuable in my home and uh her competitors I, her, see, I'm so close to Alexa that I talk about her as if she's a real person. Um, Amazon's competitors in, in the space are, are all working really hard to help build AI tools that, um, that augment experiences. So I, I definitely see uh, AI, AR, and VR as becoming bit more important technologies in creating better marketing experiences. Do you think AR, um, at least in the short term, uh, we see a faster progression in AR than VR only solely based on the fact that uh, AR doesn't disrupt what you're normally doing? AR is more mobile. Does that yeah, make a difference? Yeah, exactly. A AR is definitely more accessible. Um, yeah, there's the word. Then, yes, <laughs> then <laughs> VR. Al although, you know, uh, I, I never, ever bet against Zuck. And uh, given Zuck's uh, enormous investment uh, in VR, I would say that, uh, you know, VR might be a little bit further away from sort of that everyday experience. But I, I, I definitely wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet against, uh, against Zuck and, and therefore against VR. That's interesting. So you bring up Zuck, which leads me to another follow-up of a follow-up. Um, given the attention that's going to be on Facebook in the next three to six months, um, do they have to change, uh, maybe not even the algorithm, but from a public perspective, do they have to change anything about what they do? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think they've done a remarkable job of innovating and while keeping the right, uh, uh, you know, the right parties, uh, satisfied, I guess you could say, are you referring when you say that they have, they'll be under the spotlight for three to six months, are you referring to like the fake news thing or I guess, which, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there'll be some government pressure on them to try and, you know, talk it, it, sometimes, I mean, it, through fault or no fault, some companies just become through the crosshairs. We've seen it with cable companies, telecom companies. Eventually, you know, they're in a life cycle of a company, they go from being the upstart to the establishment. And right. so that's the kind of the adjustment that they may or may not have to make. Well, they clearly are the establishment now, to your point. But um but they're 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 they they continue to be run really, really uh uh intelligently and uh, again, I'm 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 really bullish on their ability to continue to adjust as, as necessary. Uh, and 
but personally. No, I, I'm good with that. And then one, a follow-up to a follow-up of a follow-up. <laughs> wow, about- <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of follow-ups. Who knew I, where we'd be going with this exciting well, interview? Well, we never plan these. That, and that's the whole point. That's what makes them fun. But when you talk about AI, one of the things I find interesting is right now we're based on visual search. And so companies like Facebook and Google do really well. If we're saying that AI will start to do better and better um, and we become, you know, this becomes more of an audio search capacity, um, you can kind of tie in the new, you know, Series 3 Apple Watch. You can reasonably see a future in the next two or three years where most of the commands and things we do are audio rather than visual. How how would that impact how we market things, how we do things? Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. And actually, uh, I, could, I I like doing interviews um, where, because usually I get asked all the same questions over and over again. I could definitely safely say that is the first time I have ever been asked that question. So it's, yes. and, it's and frankly, it's the first time I've ever, ever even thought about the topic. But, but that Woo. being said, um, I think that audio becomes more interesting. I mean, uh, 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 thinking about what voice you're going to use for things. Um, you know, thinking about uh, when I saw the movie Her, that was, this, may, this might this might be sort of a little embarrassing moment, but uh, I don't mind. Hey, I, I I always like to put everything out of the table. When I saw the movie Her, that was the first time I can honestly say I was attracted to a voice. Like mm-hmm. I like over those two hours, like I, Scarlett Johansson's voice was extremely attractive right so so what so so to get back to your question like the idea is if 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 voice and audio become more relevant to creating experiences then companies have to think about uh how to how to leverage that right how to you how to create the right audio how to create the how to how to hire the right voice spokesperson um to 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 deliver messages. I mean, heck, if Scarlett Johansson was was uh, was reading me my cable bill, like I might I might actually look at my cable bill for the first time in years. People would actually not cut the cord. I get it. <laughs> so let's go back for a minute, Dave. I, I loved your reference to Pokemon Go. Um, you know, when we when we relate that to experiences, what on earth made Pokemon Go so great? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, it's so interesting because I still have it on my phone. I have not played in, of course, a long time as have, I would say, most of the addicts in that craze. So whatever made it great, unfortunately, kind of died. Right. But I think it was a combination of the novelty um, of the of the wow, this technology works um, and of the community aspect. I think the community aspect was really, really cool. I mean, I'm like I'm like basically on the the the. Uh, the absolute end of the extroversion spectrum. So for me, like literally like going all over the place and meeting new people that were playing was like the coolest thing and most fun thing ever. And I think so I, w- I would point to the community aspect as well as of course the novelty of the, the technology. And you know, I, I, I know I was, I mean, I think for some there was a, there was a like um, uh, a, a nostalgic element but I never, I never was like into Pokemon as a kid. So I can honestly tell you, like that was the first time I was ever into Pokemon. So for me, it couldn't possibly have been the, the nostalgia. Oh, interesting. So Dave, help us kind of wrap this up. As 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 we've talked a lot about experiences, we've heard some some great ideas. Uh, you know, great examples of of creating really good experiences. A lot of your 
your life as a successful businessman and writer has been on creating really good experiences. For companies who for some reason have said, oh, I haven't thought as much about the experience as I should have. What do you tell them today? Where do they go? Where do they start? Yeah, so I would start start as I as I mentioned before. Start by putting yourself in the in your consumer's shoes. Um, do an inventory of 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 your experience with your own product or service, brand, marketing, etc., um, and and your experience uh, with your competitors' product, service, brand, uh, uh, etc. So so do an audit. Start with yourself and then expand it. Right, maybe do a focus group of 5, 10, 20. The, the amazing thing about social media is that it's a 24-7, 365 focus group. So to the extent that you can go out and search on Twitter and uh, everywhere in social social media for, for data and for insights into consumers' experiences with your brand product marketing services as well as your competitors' brand product marketing services, uh, marketing and services like it's all it's it's out there it's out there more than ever ever before uh, so all you need to do is make a commitment to pay attention to it and then pay attention to it start listening start 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 looking at at what everyone's experience is with 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 your brand product services and marketing as well as your competitors I love that so everybody you heard it here we're with the famous Dave Kirpin. Uh, if if you haven't started thinking about about creating good experiences for your business, you're a little bit late. Uh, but there's always time. I mean, from from the words of Dave, a uh, great place to start is is put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. Do an inventory not only of your own business but also of of businesses that you compete with, and then start start listening. Uh, pay really close attention, Dave. It's been a pleasure to have you on here. We'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Dave.